Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Good afternoon, Phoenix. Welcome to Legitimate. I'm your host, Rochelle Poulton. And I'm Mike Poulton with the law firm Poulton and Orion. And we are here to discuss all sorts of fun topics today around the world of social media marketing 2020. And with us, we have two awesome legitimate guests, Adam French, founder of Emote Design, and Chris Yep, with the CEO of Gap Tech Global. So Adam, why don't you tell us about you, your business, and what you do to help business owners with marketing? Yeah, absolutely. So me personally, I'll just give a little overview, won't bore you too much with the details. I like rapping. I like designing. I like helping the world be better through food systems and just general spreading of love. My business helps social entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs in particular um, with brand strategy. I call it communication design because really, you know, it, it covers the full gamut of brand strategy, marketing strategy, and then designing in the solutions. Um, whether it's me or one of my strategic partners. Um, so, you know, whatever solution that they have the budget for and they have the resources for and they have the positioning for, um, that's that's what I create. So it's kind of a custom solution for everyone. Um, just getting started with group messaging workshops. Um, and that creates a lot of good fuel for you to use with something like social media. Awesome. What about you, Chris? So, yeah, i uh... Yes, my name is Chris, uh, founder CEO of Gaptic Global. Uh, what we do is um, we help business owners grow. That's essentially what we do. That's always been my passion since I started my consultancy back in 2009. And essentially what we do is we provide the labor force. We provide virtual assistance, right? And part of that is we, we become their marketing department. So from a strategy standpoint, you know, service execution, whether, you know, from blogging, social media management, paid ads, uh, and whatnot. Um, that's how we help uh, businesses, coaches, professionals just grow. That's, you know, my tagline is uh, your growth is our business. And I, I really take that to heart. Love it. So as Business owners, you know yourselves, what is the number one thing you think business owners should be doing right now to uh, help their businesses? That's a big question. Um, yep. <laughs> I, would say, I would say figure out what your community wants, your audience, your customers, um, kind of what unique needs they have um, that you can provide them and see how you can provide free information and free value um, across the right channels um, and, and get them engaged with your business. Show that you're supporting them. Like show that you're supporting them in the unique way that only you can support them. That's, that's probably, I mean, it's kind of a big question. So that's, that's kind of a big answer, but uh, that's all I have right now. So let's give an example here. Let's say there's a local restaurant, like a pizza shop. How would they be able to promote that message right now? Hmm. Well, I mean, there, there are a few different things I could do. My friend and uh, client, uh, Anastasios Tirkas, uh, actually made a uh, product called Gifter app. And then with that app, uh, as a restaurant, you can allow people to buy gift cards from your businesses to give to their friends. And then you can also distribute free 
gift cards. So essentially vouchers for people to come into your business. So if you're a pizza shop, um, it's really just telling people like, Hey guys, we're still here. Come in, get like a free side, come in, get like $5 off your next pizza, you know, come support us. Um, and then really give them a good experience. You know, when, when someone comes to your restaurant, uh, don't just like throw a paper bag at them. You know, it's like, give them a smile, like give them that connection that all these, like all these people are really, they really want because they're all trapped in their homes. Right. So when someone goes out to a restaurant, you want to, um, even if it may seem a little corny, uh, like try to see how you can mimic the experience of, com- of someone coming in and sitting down at your restaurant, seeing a friendly face, whether, you know, it's the cashier or the waiter that they know there. Um, and really, you know, try to, try to figure out creative ways to create the experience um, that, that people get when they come into your restaurant, your pizza shop, or, you know, or what they want is just fast pizza you know, make sure you have specials. It's like, Hey, you know, $5 off this cheese pizza. There, there are a lot of different contexts that you could provide value, but it really depends on, you know, if you're a pizza shop, do people want gourmet pizza or do they want cheap pizza? Right. That'll really determine how you interact with people and provide value to them. That goes back to step one, know your audience. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Know who you're talking to, know what they want. Yeah. Awesome. And Chris, what are you seeing these days? What are the best tips you've got for business owners who need to handle their social media marketing right now? Maybe people who have already been doing it, what, what can they do now to change in response to coronavirus and the changes in the economy to improve their, their position in this new environment? Sure. So, so I think if there's anything they need to be doing right now, it's being present. Um, and unfortunately. I'm seeing a lot of business owners withdraw uh, their marketing efforts, their branding efforts, just because they feel the economy stopped or slowed down. But the reality is, this is like the more you need to be present in, in, mm-hmm. in front of your clients. So to answer your questions, question earlier, like in this environment, what would businesses should be doing? They should be posting more on their social media. They have more time because they're home, right? They need to be working on that, not to sell, but, you know, to Adam's point, uh, it's just to offer value, offer whatever free you can, uh, you can provide. Like I provided our clients, you know, maybe this is a good time to look at what your competitors are doing. So Rochelle, if you remember, I presented to you like a competitor's analysis. So, so I've been giving that for free to our clients because before uh, this happened, everyone's just go, 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 focus on attack, 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 right? But I think right now, at least during the first part of this pandemic, it was a good time to really reflect, not just on the business side, but on the personal side, what do we really prioritize on, right? Mm-hmm. As business owners, we really have to be in front of people. Um, and not just social media, but connect, like just sending an email or a text message or whatever form of messaging there is to your clients. Just just let them know you care. I mean, making sure that they're okay, number one. And that's what I have been doing um, in the last few weeks. And just in doing that, I got like two businesses just in doing that. I'm not saying that, you know, you do that to generate business, but you, you just have to be sincere that you care for your clients, not as just business 
professionals, but just human beings. And I think we got to be doing that right now. Just connect, connect, connect. Yeah, one to, to piggyback off that, um, there's one thing that I saw that was really great. Um, it was someone, it was Matt Simpson. He's a part of the community, the startup community. And he posted like, hey, I'm doing kind of office hours for anyone who wants to talk uh, marketing strategy, anyone who um, could use my services, anyone who wants help. Like I'm open and he kind of just dropped his calendar link. I think, uh, and I, I also got an email from um, Resound, who's a branding agency here. And it was kind of the same thing. And I was like, oh, this really, it makes me feel safe, right? It makes me feel safe that, you know, they're here for me, right? It's like they can give me 30 minutes of their time to just chat. And that makes me feel really good. It makes me feel more connected to my community. So facilitating that in any way, whether it's social media, email, you know, wherever you can reach your customers is is really the answer here because that's what everyone needs right now. They need someone like, hey, it's going to be okay. Um, and I think, I think it's really regrettable that a lot of businesses are scaling back their marketing because I think, you know, even if you're working with a minimized budget, it gives you an opportunity to say, how can I reach people with this minimized budget? And that's where innovation, that's where creativity really comes from. It doesn't come from a giant marketing budget. It comes from you saying, here are some goals, difficult goals that I want to reach to serve my community, right? Because your goal as a local business is probably to serve the community. So here's my goal is to serve the community. Here's the type, amount of people I want to reach. And here's my small budget. Let's figure something out. Let's figure out how to make that happen. Um, I, think, I think that would be the right mentality to kind of go into this with as a, as a business owner, just like, let's, let's figure it out. You know, almost taking it as like a fun challenge instead of uh, what you could take it as. It's really easy to take this as like, I knew I knew I shouldn't have been running a business. Like you know, it's so easy to use this as an excuse to to stop pushing. But I think right. um, what Chris said was was super valid um, about just like you should be pushing harder because everybody else right now mm-hmm. they're backing away. So if you're that one voice that can stay in people's lives, they're going to make that connection to you. And once you have that connection, it's you know that's what you want. That's super solid advice. What about what about pivots? Do you guys uh, have clients that you're seeing or are there particular industries where you're seeing a lot of businesses pivoting in terms of either the products they're offering or their approach to marketing it? Absolutely. Uh, I've already seen a few. So I have a client. um, They are a trucking company. Um, In the beginning, they had, they got really busy, just as you can imagine with the demands in the retail. However, they slow down because imports, you know, uh, have slowed down as well. So um, now what they're they're looking at doing right now is, you know, start selling tires (laughs) Um, to to other companies. Um, So absolutely. And, you know, that's just an example. But I I definitely see that's what's going to happen. They would have to innovate whether it's a process or their entire business model. But I think the only way to survive this pandemic is to embrace change. That's for sure. Mm. So for the businesses out there that are more service-based, you know, like they don't have a product that they can give away, um, anything tangible, what, what can they be doing to help reach their communities? Information, (laughs) information, information, like, this is this is the golden age. I thought you know I thought the golden age of webinars has already passed, but they have resurfaced with a force, you know. And I think 
everyone's looking for that next i mean it's there are two sides to it right it's like how are you going to communicate with people as a group if you're not doing it over webinar and then the other side is like everybody has five million webinars in their <laughs> inboxes um so you need to you need to like i would say uh to to really interact with people and just kind of go along with that as creating value and being in people's lives if you're a service provider you need to really take you know take that first i love how chris touched on reflecting um this first part of the uh quarantine it's like reflect on what makes you super unique because you're going to need that differentiation when your webinar goes to people's email inboxes because they have 20 other webinars right that that they need to um that is competing for their attention so you really need to lock down on what differentiates you and what value you provide to a certain set of people that is unique and creating content around that that helps them helps them cope during this pandemic or helps them you know it doesn't even have to do with a pandemic you know it doesn't even have to do with that just taking them to where they want to be with the information that um, you kind of expound upon with your services. And I think to add to that for service uh, companies right now, what's key is now is really time, the time to capitalize on, you know, what you've done, not exactly to toot on your own horn, but just to kind of share, you know, what you've done. Like I've got a few clients where we're actually writing their case studies right now and use that just to give, you know, like uh, Adam mentioned earlier, now is really the best time to start giving. It's, and, you know, it makes you present. It's, it's, it's a great way to connect. And, you know, case study is such a cheap way to let your clients know what you do, what you've done, and what you can do for them. And so that's what I'm actually suggesting with our service clients is let's start working in your case study. In fact, I have few clients that we've been talking about this for over a year now. And now, because they're home, they finally started working on it. That's what I would suggest is, you know, use this time, you know, to develop the marketing tools and just communicate um, and be in touch with the clients. I know that this has been a difficult time for a lot of different businesses. Uh, in the past on this podcast, I've primarily emphasized that our firm does medical malpractice litigation. But I think on the last show or maybe the one before that, I announced that we've actually pivoted and we're no longer taking those types of cases. I'm returning to primarily small business practice. I've always had uh, a group of long-term small business clients as well as a few people here and there that I have helped out. Hadn't really been advertising those services and hadn't been looking for more clients on the small business side of things. But now we're ramping that up uh, aggressively. And in fact, are pivoting to primarily a small business and estate planning driven law practice for our firm. So I'm actually working on completely redoing our website and setting up an AdWords campaign. And I've got a lead funnel going for small business formations and uh, issues. And I've already got the phone ringing with those clients coming in. So we're making that change. And I know I'm not the only one in talking to other personal injury attorneys. I think that entire sector of the legal market is concerned right now that what's going on with the pandemic will significantly change the valuations and strengths of injury type cases going forward because of how juries are likely to perceive those things. And that kind of effect at the end of a case has a, a ripple effect that goes backwards through the entire 
legal community and through the law firms that handle those matters, because we've got to know in advance uh, whether we're making a good investment in a contingency case before we take it. So this is a pivot for us that involves some risk mitigation uh, and helps us keep moving forward without having to predict the future regarding the pandemic. We don't know what's going to happen with that or what influence it'll have. So we feel like we need to make this change now to make sure that we have an assured line of business going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Some so, of my business clients are doing the same things. Yeah, that's that's definitely a smart way to pivot, as you mentioned earlier, Mike. Uh, in fact, I mean, I'm seeing a ton of like ads on Facebook now, like, you know, with the stimulus package uh, mm-hmm. and with the SBA uh, fund advancement uh, and things like that. Uh, as always, you the those who can, uh, the early adapters, they're the ones who win. Because um, now you're we're responding versus reacting if we delay. That's why, you know, to your point earlier, we need to be attacking right now and just being in front. And to your point, Mike, you mentioned that uh, you're going to be doing some ads. The AdWords right now is way cheaper, at least 30% cheaper than it was same time last year. So if you're looking at doing Google ads, Facebook ads, now is the time because it, it's, it hasn't been this cheap in a long time. Very interesting. <laughs> so I guess what that means is uh, I have some price hikes to work forward to when things return to a little bit more normalcy. Oh, yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> uh, absolutely. But interestingly, though, like um, for services like um, sanitation, like uh, office sanitation, things like that, the search term, the search volume for those is like 30%, 40% more than it was same time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cost per click is about the same. So that's interesting. an interesting dynamic right there. Um, that's why I'm saying, you know, right now your competitors are slowing down. So this is the best time to just go at it because they're slowing down. Now's your time to be in front of their clients. Uh, and it's cheaper than it was before the pandemic happened. So if there's increased search volume, but decreased keyword price, that would tend to indicate that there's reduced competition in that market, even though the volume is higher now, right? Absolutely. Interesting. It's, it's, really, it's really because uh, a lot of companies, they stop. They just, they just stop advertising. Mm. A good friend of mine, April Prothero, owns a cleaning company called Going Greenhouse. They Love do, them. Yeah, they do our house and Rochelle's office back when it was open. She's still there. Still <laughs> yeah, that's right. So she is uh, cranking on new business for uh, special sanitation services and extra frequent cleanings for small businesses. Yeah. Um, they're really getting that rolled out. So, yeah, some people are pivoting, but it sounds like uh, a lot of the competitors aren't keeping up with that stuff. No. no they're, they're too busy uh, worrying about the end of the world and, you know, on their cell phone and getting consumed by the news. That's, that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> you got to plan for the end of the world just in case, but you still got to keep your Life business open. Still <laughs> so, but, but, you know, um, where we are right now, I thought we would be worse than where we are right now when, you know, President Trump first announced the lockdown or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pandemic. I think we're actually in a better spot. When I say we're in a better spot, like I thought, you know, value of houses was just going to drop significantly like it did yeah. back in what, 2009, 2010. I'm actually surprised that didn't happen. 
And then for those who's got clarity with, you know, with their business, why they're doing it, they're finding out ways to just, you know, just to go over this. Um, sure, everyone's tightening their belt and whatnot. But I think those who can find resiliency out of this situation, they're the ones who's going to come out stronger and the clients will remember them. That's why now more than ever, we need to be in front of our clients, just let them know that we still exist and we care more than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah, probably, probably the we care part more than anything else, right? Because if you're just saying, we still exist, we still exist, they're going to say, well... I mean, do you care about me, though? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a great point. That's a great yeah. point. And Adam, I know with uh, your approach to marketing, you're, you're very interested in the way consumers respond psychologically to a brand and to an approach to presenting information. Um, do you see any changes in the way consumers are responding to messaging, especially messaging right now that's about caring for them or trying to make a real personal connection with a brand? Are people more open to that? Are they more resistant to it? What's going on in terms of the psychological response by consumers these days? That's, that's, a, that's a great question. I can't answer from direct experience in terms of like reading a case study about it, but I can answer from my experience, yeah. which is uh, you better be genuine. <laughs> you better be you better be really genuine. Um, like I remember receiving this like really like run on email. And it was talking about like, is is this guy who's selling beats? Because I, I rap too, right? So this dude's selling beats. And it was so it was so genuine. Like I felt the genuineness. He's just like, hey, I, I just want to help. And it was kind of like, it was a little bit like a few grammar slip. I'm not saying put grammar slip ups in your material, but um, it was so like organic. And I was like, I just love how much this dude cares. Like I, you know, <laughs> I love how much he cares about his community, just the way he's kind of putting his heart into this email. Like what? If you're a business owner, I talked to um, someone yesterday who, who got angry because there were being emails sent out on her behalf um, that she didn't look over. And she said, every email needs my stamp of authenticity. And it's, you know, it's a little bit different situation for her because she, she does a coaching practice, right? So she's very mm-hmm. much, her personality is very much tied to the value of her brand, yeah. um, which might not be the same thing for all businesses. But if, you know, if you're the CEO and, and you care about having a culture or a voice, a way you communicate with your customer, I would highly recommend, like, if you haven't looked at the emails you're sending, relook at them now. Relook at your messaging and the way you're speaking to people, your voice as a company. And it'll really give you an opportunity to say, like, are we coming off as just like, hey, we're here, $5 off a pizza still, like stay safe, like, you know, like, be creative and, and think outside the box. You know, I see some businesses getting on TikTok, um, which is a whole wormhole that I guess we, we have time to dive into. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it's silly. It's silly. It's fun. It's genuine. Um, and it's like, I want to see people who, you know, like at law firms, like if, if I saw a lawyer dancing in an email, I would be like, okay, I'm remembering that law. I mean, with law, it's like, you don't want to come across as silly because you're handling serious matters. And, you know, but it's like experimenting with that to say like, how can I make an imprint on this person by just letting go of this? Like, um, I think Chris was talking about this go, go, go mentality before kind of people were just like, 
ah, like growth, like, ah, and you know, it's like, I think people are starting to loosen up and this ties back to your question about consumer psychology. I think people are just starting to loosen up at home. Like people are going to parks uh, because they're like, they're going to parks and existing with other people in the parks, right. Without being like all like weirded out, like, oh, there's another person at the park today. Like, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that energy is disappearing. Um, and it, I think it's a very interesting uh, time to become really give more character, I guess, to some, all that ranting up is give more character to your voice as a business owner. I think that's a great point as yeah. someone who's on the receiving end of an awful lot of marketing emails. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the store ones really stand out now and you're just like, get it out of here. Yeah, it is quite something because that's a distinction, the, the genuineness of it and the personal connection with a, a real individual on the other end that I hadn't been paying a, a whole lot of attention to previously. But certainly there were companies that were doing it before where they had some really good person-to-person communication in their marketing emails. Uh, there's this company called American Science and Surplus. I've gotten their catalog in print ever since I was a little kid. I actually partly learned to read reading the American Science and <laughs> Surplus catalog. And part of the reason for that is it's really well written. They write silly technical jokes in this whole catalog. It's just funny stuff uh, on all this random surplus equipment they're selling. And their marketing emails are doing really well with coronavirus. They're sending tons of stuff out. They've got all kinds of little specials and a bunch of funny anecdotes. And you compare that to a lot of the other typically larger, more corporate marketing campaigns that have been going out now. And there is just a world of difference, at least in the way I respond to that. I've actually ordered things now from American Science and Surplus and uh, some of these other companies. I'm looking at what they're sending out these days and thinking, what is going on over there? Why do they think this is a good idea right now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Corporate, yeah, corporate bureaucracy is good at distorting messages sometimes. Yeah. and, you know, that's why I like I always go back to messaging, you know, like marketing is important, like getting your message out there. But it's really important to make sure that everybody in your company knows why it exists and why it's important and how it should sound. Because, like, you know, if you're working with a marketing agency that is disconnected from maybe the people who are actually writing the ads or something or actually like doing customer service like if the marketing agency doesn't show the brand guidelines to the customer service people then it's like it's a whole different experience and you want to make that experience true to who you are as a company which some people don't understand it's like who we are as a company what do you mean we're you know, blank, blank, <laughs> LLC like what do you mean it's like well, who, who are you like how do you sound like one of my clients said he wanted to be like the the Popeye slash Martha Stewart of chocolate. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> like I'm gonna forever. You know, so it's like like get yeah. Um anyways, yeah. Um uh, it's 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 interesting how how tone deaf people can come across just because they're thinking too hard about it. <laughs> so let's say we've got a small business that's the, you know listening and going all right fine I'll get on social media because there's a lot of businesses that are reluctant to go down that path because it's scary or it seems time consuming in your each of your opinions what is the best platform to start on 
So if, if I may start, it really depends on who your target audience are. And first of all, like, you know, Facebook, let's say Instagram, they're actually good uh, uh, channels to build brands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, especially if you're going consumer, but if your clients are um, businesses and you're going B2B, LinkedIn is just amazing. It's insane. Like I get at least three, four leads a week on LinkedIn. Um, and, and there are, but the thing is, you got to be very careful as well. You know, with LinkedIn, it's about relationship. You got to nurture it. And so my, 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 my motto in marketing is, you know, it's better to give than to receive because I like money Pacquiao. <laughs> but we said that it's better to give than receive. But in marketing, it's the same thing. When you give first, uh, whether it's a case study or, you know, uh, or a discount code or whatever it may be, people are more responsive because you gave them something first versus, you know, people um, first time they connect with you and they start asking for appointment. I, I hate those oh. uh, tactics, right? So for, for those who are kind of new to the, uh, the social media, I'd say start with branding. If you're a new business, you really have to be a media company first before, before you become a service or a product company. What I mean by that is you really have to build your credibility. I mean, in a subtle way, you don't want to come out like being cocky or, or I am this, I am that, I'm the best, I am God. But it's more of like, you know, what, what you've done, how your clients benefit from you. And I, I, and like I said, you know, start with giving before you go, you know, asking for something, whether it's their email or their phone number or an appointment, you got to give something first. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great point. Um, and to answer your original question, Mike, um, which is like, what social platforms should they start out on? Um, I think those answers were pretty spot on. If you're if you're a consumer based business, um, I think Instagram, especially for consumer based businesses, is very powerful. Um, just because the organic people people hate on Instagram's organic reach, but it's really just so much better than Facebook's. Um, it's it's huh. really just light years. If you if you know what hashtags to use, um, and you can, there's a tool called IQ hashtags. Um, and you can use that to, if you don't, you know, if you're a pizza shop, just type in pizza, um, click generate hashtags and it comes up with a bunch of similar hashtags to pizza. Then it shows the engagement on those hashtags as well, which is really, really critical. Instagram is really good. Uh, Facebook, just to have a Facebook page, um, is, you know, just to have a presence there. It just enables you to use Facebook as the huge marketing tool it is, you know, to run ads, to connect the analytics to your website, to track events. Um, there are just a lot of advantages there. Uh, in, in terms of content, um, I think the real ad- advantage and opportunity is Instagram. And and if if you if you like sarcastic humor and spontaneously posting things, Twitter, Twitter isn't for everybody. I, it's taken me a while to figure out like what do you do here, um, <laughs> and it's 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 really just like figure out what trend to ride. If you like in threads in Twitter if you find threads with things that are related to your business 
and you come up with clever replies, like popular threads, like 100 comment threads, you come up with popular replies, you can get like a lot of traffic just from your comments on Twitter. You don't like, like you'll probably get more traffic if you have good comments on Twitter than your posts at first. Because if there's a post that 5,000 people see and you're the first comment on it and everyone engages with that comment and you only have like 200 followers, like, you know, you, you can do the math on that. Um, so, so like, you know, if you're, especially if you're a business owner and you like really don't have much else to do, like just try it, you know, just try it. Um, and people say, you know, things like, like TikTok, um, TikTok's just for kids. It's like, I've seen, I've seen a lot of different people on TikTok that I would not have expected to see. You know, I've seen people talking about like mindfulness and he's like this great wisdom on tiktok i'm like holy (laughs) where did this come from you know and linkedin yeah for for b2b it's like linkedin is that's what else would you do right there's no other place uh, essentially for b2b sales unless and i know for some health coaches and meditation coaches instagram is a really good place for them not a lot of people are super active on like not every person sorry not a lot of people are super active on LinkedIn. Instagram has a bit more of an engaged uh, user base. Mm-hmm. So a lot there. But, you know, to kind of wrap up Chris's point, it's, it's like, yeah, like give, like give and give and give. Because at the end of the day, like it, it doesn't matter if there's coronavirus. It doesn't matter if the stock market's at 40,000. Like if you give someone something that's useful to them, that's also related to what you do as a business it's going to put position you in their mind, right? As the person who gives that type of information, who solves that type of problem. So that's where being grounded in here are the main problems my customers have that do pertain to my business and that might not pertain to my business, right? And then you can say, what content can I create that solves those problems? Maybe it's not on a super deep level because if you're creating free content, you, you you probably don't have the budget to create a whole video course, you know, right now, but it's like, figure out the, just the little things that you can do to, to solve real problems that people have. Um, and social media is a great way to uh, engage with them and see what problems they're struggling with. Like, Hey, what are you guys thinking about? Um, maybe like, and with DMS, it's like, like, do I DM? Do I not DM? I think it's perfectly okay to DM someone if you're asking them about what they're dealing with. So you can create content to help them deal with that. You know, I think that's, that's a really underrated tactic because people either DM with, as Chris, Chris was saying, like the full sales pitch, like that, <laughs> it pisses me off to no end. Yeah. He's like, like this dude <laughs> said, like, he, I got a message today. He's like, you need this. And then he didn't explain what it would, like what it was or what it would do for me. And I was like, <laughs> like, if you're going to pitch me, like, make sure you're being like, and if, if you really feel the need to pitch someone for some reason, like make sure you feel the like the specific need to say specifically how it would help them um, and come <laughs> from a place of, of service instead of saying, Hey, you need this sign up for a demo. I'm like, what the hell am I doing a demo of? <laughs> you know? So right. um, if you're going to pitch, like, you better pitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it, you unsolicited know, pitches drive me insane. Yeah. Oh, God. Really? It's yeah. But you know, if you're a pizza place and you're like, Hey, could I get your email? I need I need someone to contact if I'm going to send them coupons, <laughs> right? That's a whole different way of approaching it. It's like, right. oh, they want to help me out. Cool. I, I mean, they're still selling you, right? The, yeah. the coupon is a sell, but 
when you're coming at it from the right mindset of like, I see how this helps you. Because even if, you, if, even if you're phrasing it that way to get the sale, you see how that helps them. And so since you communicate to them how it helps them, they're going to use it and have the, have the feeling that it helps them, right? So that's, that's the kind of funny thing about messaging and, and, and positioning yourself the right way is like, if, if you give people that feeling, um, that pause, oh, I had something and it just slipped. But yeah, if you, yeah, if you give people that, uh, that positive feeling um, by giving them information, you know, they're, they're really going to remember that. Absolutely. Well, one of the questions I was asking Rochelle before we started this show, and, and she didn't have an answer for me, and I don't have an answer for myself. So I'll ask you guys, uh, as a small business owner, when you develop a following on social media, how do you actually go about converting those people as clients? What, what's the bridge between interaction on social media and an actual sale? And I know this varies a lot depending on the business and the product and the platform and everything else. But to me, it seems like one of the hard parts of making social media marketing work. What do you guys have to say about that? Chris, let's go with you first. So again, it's, it's so let's say, for example, um, with, uh, with Instagram, People will follow you to start with is because you've got great content. That's why mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, you know, before you even become a service or a product company, you got to be a media company first, right? And then once you've got, you, you, you have your audience engaged, it's really as easy as posting an offer. Let's say, for example, we, we worked with a, uh, a fitness company in Vegas. We basically started their uh, Instagram account and grew it to hundreds, uh, thousands in a few months. And then once there was enough followers in there, like one day we just launched. We just said, hey, you know, we, we are offering, you know, a certain amount discount, offering our video course on shoulder mobility. Oh my God, the next day we woke up there were like 20 sales and that's $150 per sale. That's from zero to 20 sales in just like overnight. And that's what I mean by you really have to establish yourself as a media. When I say media company, because that's what people are consuming contents. And remember, there are only two things that your consumers want from you. It's either information or entertainment. It's, it's really just either of those two. So if they're getting that from you, from your brand, yeah, they will be engaged. So that's with the likes of um, Instagram. With LinkedIn, it's, it's a little different. With LinkedIn, the strategy is, you know, to grow. You got you to gotta grow your connections first. And it has to be hyper-targeted connection. Just, you don't want to be just connected with anyone. Otherwise, they won't find that. Uh, a common denominator and then once you grow once you grow you have to season the relationship when i say season that's at least two three weeks from the time that you got connected with them and then once you get connected with them you offer them something you don't ask for an appointment right away you can just say if you've got an ebook or a case study like i said just offer it and then direct them to a, a landing page Never, ever ask for an email right there because, like I said, that's a new relationship. Um, so to your point, Mike, is 
you know, build your audience first and then offer, give something free. That's the next step. And then once you give something for free, in fact, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brendan Burchard, but his, mm-hmm. his, uh, his lead magnet formula or his sales formula is you have to give three things first before you can ask for a sale. So what that means, if you were to look at, let's say, if you're going to use Facebook, you can advertise, let's say, if I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a fitness coach, right? I can advertise on Facebook, you know, you, do you want to like have a body composition within 30 days? Here's like my work plan. You can get it for free. So they go to a landing page. First, they're going to subscribe to you, get the landing page, give you their email address. And then after a week, give them something free again. And then third, you give them something free again. So you're basically establishing your credibility and, you know, trying to get their trust. On the fourth offer, that's when you ask for their money. And it always works. So <laughs> that's a long answer, Mike, but that's, that's what I've done and what, that's what I've been seeing that's effective. That sounds that's like solid. a lot of work and a lot yeah. of steps. And yes. I know that for a lot of uh, business owners, the day still has, is full of actual work to do. Uh-huh. So I think the biggest problem that a lot of business owners have when they're thinking about doing their own marketing or starting to really get involved in their marketing is hearing that and being like, I'm not, I can't do that. <laughs> so what do you, what do you tell them? You know, like, what do you, what do you recommend that these business owners do? This is, this is a softball question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that is exactly the reason why I guess I morphed my business into a virtual assistant. Because when I started Gaptic Global, we actually started as a call center. But as we progress, what I'm seeing talking to business owners is that, no, I get it. I, I know what to do. I don't have the time to do it or I'm overwhelmed to get it done. So what we do, and, you know, this is a soft plug, <laughs> um, is we, we, you know, we, we convert your ideas to reality, you know, because in my team, uh, I've got the LinkedIn expert. I've got a social media expert. I've got a paid ads network. I've got bloggers. It's basically the entire process. Because you're right, it's it's a lot of hard work. And and uh, if you know enough how to get it done, and there's a lot of tutorials on YouTube how to do these things. As long as you can dedicate some time, you can really get it done. But if you're the type of business owner who's more in the big picture, the visionary type, but not really the kind of like super hands-on, you can always outsource certain parts of the entire process to like, you know, virtual assistants. There are a lot of resources you can get from, uh, what's this, uh, Fiverr and other Upwork or uh, things like that. And that's kind of where... That's the same service I provide, except ours is it's more professional. Our guys working in, in a real office. You won't be hearing chicken or babies crying in the background when you talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> the reality, Rochelle, is it's just really a lot of hard work. <laughs> um, if it was easy, everyone's doing it. But there's a process. And I think that's where a lot of businesses or startup fail is because they think that Getting to the uh, the goal is like a straight line. It is not. 
It's ups and downs, you know, lots of curves. That's why before you get started, for those who are listening, you really have to be clear on on why you're doing it. So when things get hard, you can always go back and ask yourself why you started it in the first place. And if that's so important, that will be enough to keep you going. Yeah. And to, to follow up on, on what Chris kind of touched on uh, with, with struggles that business owners have uh, on marketing, um, and I may be advertising for Chris's company, so hell yeah. Thank you. Um, let's get it. Let's get it. Um, but like, so if you, if you know how to do it, and you reach out to like distinct, like have someone on Fiverr do this piece and then have another one on Upwork do this piece and then have another one on Fiverr do this piece and then have, you're dealing with five different projects mm-hmm. for one project, which is your marketing strategy. So, so when, when you, you know, and that's probably, I don't know enough about Chris's company, but that's probably a big value add that they have. It's all under one roof. And that's one of my value adds as well. It's like, just have someone who knows what they're doing and who can move the pieces for you. So you're like, okay, I know exactly what I need. Like you go do it instead of like you as a business owner, like doing two steps and then outsourcing two steps and then doing another step and then outsourcing it. Because it's like, it's every time you do that, every time you delegate a project to someone else, they have a different onboarding process. They have a different way of communicating. They have a different quality of work and they have a different level of perception of what your brand is, what your business is. So like every, you know, every single different slice of that pie, I think of your marketing uh, strategy as a pie. Every time you slice a piece of pie and put it on a separate plate, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're holding all these plates like a waiter, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like I just wanted to get my marketing strategy done. Why did this turn on to like me being a CEO of an entire different company? You know, so so like. <laughs> and sometimes I, you get back the wrong slice of a different pie. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You'd be like, I asked for an email campaign, and and you gave me like this salesy shouting campaign like you know so um i you know like i highly recommend like to hire someone who has experience and who has and or has a team and or partners that they trust um instead of going out unless you have partners that you trust that you worked with before that work as a team you know try to find a team that will do this for you or an individual that works with their team um, and, and makes it a cohesive process because that cohesion shows. It shows both on the backside in terms of how stressful it is for you. And then it shows on the front end in terms of the quality of your actual marketing material. So I've just heard that. Like, so I've heard so many people have that issue. Like, oh, I had someone do my website, but they set up this scheduling thing wrong so then i had to go in and configure the scheduling thing and then my email person needed information you know it's just like oh my god like it's not supposed to be that hard <laughs> you know either like <laughs> either like do it all yourself or have someone else do it all like like just like you really need to and it's really about making that investment and putting that full intention behind marketing because if you're not you know i just I just started uh, charging for my like full transparency. I don't know. I just started charging for, for my strategy sessions because I'm like, you know, if I give this to them for free and it's, you know, it's this big proposal and map of their strategy. Like if they pay that 50 bucks up front, I know they actually really, they really want it. They really want to execute on it. They really want to grow their business. 
And that, that commitment is something that you can apply by either doing it all yourself or, you know, outsourcing it to one person. Cause if, if you do it with five, six different people, it's going to be so much easier to in the middle of the process say, okay, this is too hard. I'm stopping. Right. And you have a half built funnel that wasn't really built correctly. Um, you know, so yeah, just, I had to, I had to get that off my chest because I've just heard so many, <laughs> I heard so many people like just talking about their bad experiences with like working with eight different freelancers. And, you know, there are a lot of good freelancers that do great work. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. but the, the difficult part is, is finding those people. And if you don't have relationships with those people, like beforehand, um, going on a platform like Upwork and Fiverr is, uh, it's, you know, if you, if you just need one thing and you have everything else in place and you just need one thing, it's great. If you're trying to build a whole marketing strategy, it is not, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's like trying to build an airplane from like five different airplane part factories. Like there's a Boeing factory, there's like a fighter jet factory, and you're just trying to piece all those things together. It just doesn't work. It's going to be a pretty cool plane when you're done, but it's a tough project. (laughs) (laughs) You'll probably learn a bunch of different tools for communication and scheduling, but at the end of the day, it's like, just the ones that work and just need to get this marketing strategy. It's not about the tools. It's not about um, how you, uh, it's, yeah, it's not about the tools anyways. Well, everything you're saying speaks to me quite personally, because <laughs> as I mentioned with Pivot in our firm, I've, I've got to totally redo our marketing. I, I had been running our Google AdWords myself and I was really quite successful at it. I ended up in the number two position for medical malpractice advertising in the Valley behind a, a firm called Sandwagon Auger, which is uh, very well established and well known. I was getting just a hair less traffic than they were. And I know I was spending a lot less money uh, and I was beating up the marketing quite a bit. Yeah. Well, it was a huge amount of effort to get that set up and years of work to get it fully tuned up so that we were doing that well. And boy, when I shut it off, the flood of phone calls stopped within a week. Uh, it was pretty scary to turn off that fire hose of marketing that we had had on for six years at that point, and yep. which was making our phone ring continuously most days with potential cases, uh, it just stopped. And the prospect of having to build out a completely new approach to marketing and a lead funnel and getting the phone ringing again with different types of clients uh, is pretty overwhelming. And I don't want to have to do all of this myself. And especially since I'm going to be marketing B2B to small business owners and entrepreneurs, it's a totally different approach than what I had been doing. The market's different. The demographics are different. It's just a, a complete scratch start. And I, this time around, I'm not looking to do this myself. I'm going to be putting together a team to do it. And uh, I haven't talked to either of you guys yet about it, but I intend to because... Uh, I was going to say, so are you going to have us like fight out? Fight it to yeah, I mean, I consulted with Adam when we started Legitimate, and I, uh, I hired Chris yeah. when I opened X Firm. <laughs> yep. You know, like I have gone through a a host of marketing professionals in the past, and there are the companies I like are ended up being the people I enjoyed talking to. You know, like when you hire someone to handle your marketing, you know, there's got to be that uh, relationship component. Like you've got to get each other, you know, like you have to be speaking the same language. And if you've ever ventured out and worked with the marketing company that never really delivered on what you thought they should deliver, it was a communication mismatch. 
Mm -hmm. I did that once. <laughs> I've done that a dozen times. Um, it's, it's crazy. You, it's a really hard lesson to learn as as being a business owner and doing marketing and understanding kind of like what the needs of your business are. So just because you're working with the company now and things are going well doesn't necessarily mean it's the best fit. You know, uh, marketing is trial and error, and the people that you work with are. You know, it's got to be a good fit for everybody. Otherwise, everyone is miserable and everyone is always worried that they're not delivering or worried that it could be better. And, you know, when it's a good fit, it's, you know. So mm. uh, I highly recommend both Adam French and Chris Yap. They both serve two completely different functions um, because the world of marketing is huge. There's a lot of yeah. things that need to be done. But if you want to know kind of where you should start, either of them are a great place to start. Just have the conversation. What should I be doing? That's the first question you should probably be asking. And if you are already doing stuff and worried about whether or not it's effective because your sales have dropped to some to nothing, um, now is a great time to ask, what should I be doing? Because <laughs> if the phone's not ringing and you're not getting business, what you're doing right now isn't working. Yeah. Well, and I think it's worth mentioning. I, I'm sure Adam and Chris would ag agree with what I'm about to say. I think marketing and uh, and those types of business services that both of them provide, that industry is a lot like law or medicine yep. or a lot of other professional fields where each practice is different. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of ground to be covered. And companies are not interchangeable and consultants are not interchangeable. Uh, you know, if you break your wrist, you don't go to your urologist. And uh, <laughs> if you're charged with a crime, you don't go to an estate planning attorney. <laughs> So <laughs> you got to find the right people for the specific job that you've got. And that may mean putting together a team for mm -hmm. your business. You may well Absolutely. need multiple consultants who need to work with each other to cover all your needs. And that's, and that's a lot less clear. In, of work to do. <laughs> yeah. And that separation is a lot less clear in marketing, you know, and I think yeah. that's, that's our job as marketers to not be the generic digital agency we provide 25 services you know like i see that all the time and it's like but like who who for who for who like for everyone like no not for everyone <laughs> so like again it's really easy to say like okay so i have this problem with you know my my health like yeah i'm not gonna go to a commercial attorney for a health problem like what <laughs> but with marketer with marketing it's you know as a firm it's like you need to position yourself like very mindfully because it's harder it's harder as a marketing firm to say i provide these services and it's like okay well so do like a lot of other people right and that's like kind of like within the commercial attorney space it's the same type of thing it's like Absolutely. you need to figure out what drives you in marketing and, and who you really want to work with um, and it'll just, you know, like I caught up with a friend and I was like, oh, she's a client. Like we, we both discovered it. Like I was like kind of describing like the problem my clients have. And she's like, can we work together? It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it was just who I am, you know, it, it, it's from who I am. So, um, but yeah, that's a great, that's a great point, Mike. Well, guys, we're getting pretty close to the end of our hour here. So let's uh, go through our final points and wrap it up. Rochelle, do you have anything specific that we haven't covered yet that we need to talk about today? Well, I think the key takeaway here is if you are in business and you are not doing marketing right now, you are 
missing the boat. <laughs> yeah. If business is down, that means you need to sell more business. <laughs> yeah. And you have to remember that business is cyclical and a cycle and marketing is a cycle. And when you're busy, um, you may not be marketing, which means eventually you will not be busy. <laughs> marketing <laughs> pandemics are a cycle. That too. Hopefully not. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, never mind. Uh, but you have to keep marketing, even though, you know, you're working from home and it may be pajama day every day. Um, if you can just do something every day to start, uh, continue to promote your business, that would be great. And I think these two are a great resource for that. Absolutely. So how about you give us your contact info so our listeners can call you or email you or just look you up online. (laughs) Adam, how do people get in touch? Um, well, my phone's on do not disturb 24 uh, seven. So I, if you're going to call me, you got to call me twice. Uh, so I'll just point you to my email. Uh, it's going to be Adam at emote. So E M O T E dot design. So in uh, that emote dot design, it's not emote dot design.com. It's just emote dot design. You can search that up, type that into your URL bar and you can find my website. Um, I'm doing a messaging workshop May 1st. So check that out if you want to figure out how to speak the right language to the right people. Excellent. And Chris? My email address is Chris, that's C-H-R-I-S dot Yap, Y-A-P, at GabTech Global. That's spelled as G-A-B for boy, T for Tom, E-C-H-G-L-O-B-A-L dot com. I could also be reached via text message. My number is 602-882-8921. Website is gabtechglobal.com. Excellent. And I'm Mike the law firm Poulton & Royan. We do small business law here in the Valley, and you can find us online at www.pnlaw.pro. That's P like Paul, N like Nancy, L-A-W dot P-R-O. And I'm Rochelle Poulton with X-Firm Law, your favorite consumer rights attorney, helping you with financial transaction planning. And you can find us online at xfirmlaw.com, which is also the sponsor of Legitimate. And we will see you next time, first Thursday in May. So stay safe, stay well, and we'll talk to you later. Adam and Chris, thanks for coming. You guys have a great day. Absolutely. You too. You too.